I want to pivot a little bit. Um, you know, you guys are uh, ex-Googlers. Um, um, you're part of a, you know, a fantastic organization. And it's, it seems to have molded you a lot or had an impact on you guys a lot. Uh, and now you're two years into kind of your own startup. Um, I'm sure you guys know where I'm going. Um, mentally, uh, and I think Steve and I can, can share kind of um, the feeling, but mentally it's, it's extremely excruciating. It's very difficult to do. Um, for multiple reasons. Um, uh, number one, it's personal. As founders, um, you know, there is a personal motivation to build something, to succeed in something, to manifest kind of your ambitions, right? And so there's that huge weight that you've put on your own shoulders. Number one, personal kind of ambitions and, 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 and stresses. It's reminded me of it. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, but, but also, I mean, you have 21 people who depend on you. You can't fuck this up because it's not just about you anymore. And then I'm sorry, I'm just going to put a very dramatic, I'm going to paint a very dramatic picture. And you've taken people's money. Investors have made a bet on you based on a promise that you made. Right. And, and now you have customers who've downloaded your app who want their life to be changed because that's what you promised them. Their life is going to be better now. It's going to be easier. It's going to be simpler. And so every day you go into work, you're motivated, you have a fantastic culture, but mentally, all of that pressure, all of that stress, all of that responsibility is exhausting, right? And so fundamentally, you have to do something in your lifestyle to kind of balance it out, right? And I, I would love to understand how you guys treat that responsibility, treat your mental health, and how important that is in your organizational culture. Um, because I know it's something we struggle with. I struggle with it every day. I'm not going to say that it's, I mean, I think it's very healthy one to be cognizant, aware and talk about it, but, uh, to constantly work on it. You know, I think we, as an organization, at least me, I've been trying to push it a lot because I know I have so much work to do, but what, what do you guys think about mental health and how it's kind of become this big responsibility now, two years in? Asking an Arab guy to talk about mental health. Yeah, an Arab guy to talk about his feelings. <laughs> talk about our feelings. Everything's great. So I think I think you're, you you raise really really valid and valid questions, especially in terms of there's a huge responsibility uh, on us to to a lot of stakeholders, right? Um, the 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 kind of the cop out easy answer is just like. If you're not taking on responsibility and taking on big challenges, then what's the point? And anyway, like, what, what are you just cruising along? Is that is that what's happening? That's that's at the superficial level. So, like, responsibility in and of itself is not so so scary if you're if you confidently uh, and if you're sure that you've built an amazing team and you're working with amazing people to to get that done. We feel like there's nobody better equipped than us to do what we're trying to do. And hopefully we succeed at that. But going back to the to the to the mental health um, the mental health question. So corporate life nine to five, in retrospect or in hindsight, is really not stressful at all. It was super super chill, right? And I'm I'm pretty sure, as controversial as it may sound, if you talk to 50% of people at you know big tech or or, or corporate corporations, you probably give you the same answer. Um, moving to startups was a huge step. Um, I personally 
didn't expect it to take up as much time as it does today. But I'm also really happy that it has because I'm, I'm actually really driven now. Waking up every day, I know it sounds cliche, but I literally wake up every day and I'm looking forward to solve today's problems. Knowing that they're going to be solved today, not next quarter, which is what nine to five corporate you know, decision making, how it goes. So that said, it's really important not to burn out, obviously, right? You, you can probably perform, you know, do 12 hours a day, perform at 150% for like a month or two, maybe three, but at some point it's going to catch up to you. And the question becomes, first of all, are you aware that this is the reality and that it can happen? Or are you in denial thinking that you're Superman and that you can just, you know, uh, pummel through it very easily? Um, for me personally, I have trouble disconnecting between, and, and if you ask the team, they will, they'll probably nodding and laughing now, but like, I have trouble disconnecting from work life and personal life. That said, I have very clear channels to, to kind of de-stress or unwind. I do a lot of like physical training that helps a lot and it helps with discipline. It helps with, you know, Absolutely. all of that. So that's kind of my out. I don't know. Maybe you have, yeah. Asim has definitely different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the important part is we have outs, right? And we have ways into um, kind of um, unwind and distress, whatever that looks like as well. Um, but without sounding sloppy, it's um, really awesome that we have each other to fall back on as well. And knowing that I have Imad to pick up if if he needs to and when I'm not performing um, is reassuring. And it kind of um, elevates that sense of re responsibility or what may come of it, like anxiety or whatever, uh, to a place where you know that you're supported and you're protected. And then that goes through into our employee experience where they feel psychologically safe um, to be the best as well. Um, in terms of, um, yeah, we, we, we encourage teams uh, to do stuff. We, we um, don't say people should clock off at six or start at nine, but we do it. I do it. I try my best at least um, um, to be out of, uh, I come in super early, probably one of the earliest, but I leave at six as well. And then you won't hear from me all evening. Um, and what I do in the evening is really important because it replenishes me, it replenishes me for the next day as well. And that could be anything from um, going for a run, meditation, uh, going to a singing circle, whatever that may be that allows me to come back um, relaxed the next day as well. I think what's important is not just having something that you enjoy and do outside of work, is the consistency in which you do that as well. Don't let more than two days go by without taking care of yourself, loving yourself, whatever that may look like, I think is uh, really, really important. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about this topic because I feel like it's uh and it's it's funny because I I feel different right so I've I've been on my own mental health journey I think um variety of challenges over my life and and I've gotten to a point where my motivation my sole motivation for really finally making a commitment to my mental health was being a father like I want my relationship with my daughter to be deeper than what it is in my mind, deeper than my relationship with my father, with my mother, the type of relationship I wanted with my daughter, I knew that I was mentally unable to do it unless I worked on myself. And so I'm trying to draw the parallels into kind of 
how when you reach a specific mental state, how your ability to be empathetic, to build meaningful relationships, to build better attachment styles, et cetera, over time, how that might impact your work, how that might impact your collaboration, how that might impact your productivity, right? And so when I think about mental health today, I think, okay, what are the real reasons why this is important? Because burnouts are not physical, they're mental. You know, when you're disciplined and when you're and, and when you're motivated, you could work 12, 14 hours and feel great. You could sleep four or five hours and feel great. The only time you'll end up really feeling like shit is if you're mentally tired. Right? If you're mentally disconnected from from everything else, you're not really feeling or having an exit. Right. And mental health is is from my experience so far has been something where finding a way to understand the feeling having a means to communicate the feeling, share the feeling, and kind of let it kind of dissipate to some extent, whether it's meditation or physical activity or crazy working out, uh, you know. Um, but, but fundamentally, what I've realized is it's once you work on yourself a little bit, you start to realize that a lot of the anxieties, a lot of the stresses, a lot of the mental damage that you're putting on yourself is obviously self-inflicted. And so being aware of them, being understanding how to manage them, how to interpret them, is everything. You're, I don't believe in a state where you are fixed. I don't believe in a state where you are, you rid yourself of everything. I believe in a state where you are just aware, right? Um, and so for me, at least when it comes to mental health, I'm not gonna change my character. My character is my character. My personality is my personality. But how I understand my personality, how I understand why I am a specific way or why I react a specific way has allowed me to be more empathetic, able to listen, I think. No, no, you... <laughs> no, no, you don't have to agree. Genuinely been really good. <laughs> no, but I feel like I feel like it's allowed me to, to at least be aware of my, my strengths and my weaknesses. Um, and so... You know, when I think of where you guys are, like two years into your journey, um, you know, I don't think the solution or in my mind is not about being this Zen person. That's not like you are who you are. If you're Zen to begin with, you're going to be Zen. If you're super physical, you're, you're going to be super physical. That's not that's not the objective. The objective is just being having that self-awareness of who you are, how you react to things and what the reason is for you to be that way. So that when you're in that situation again, you get to kind of, you know, uh, let's say manage it in a more appropriate way for yourself and your organization. Now, it's never spoken about here, but, um, you know, a lot of the, um, I want to pick my words carefully. Um, Stuck it, you don't have to. Yeah, but I just, I want to say it right, so I actually, it's valuable. Um, so culturally, mental health is not something that we have adopted. Right? It's not something that we talk about, whether it's in our homes or in our communities. Mental health is not something that is as evolved, as open, as discussed, as shared, as as it might be, let's say, where we went to college in Canada, for example. When I speak to my Canadian family, it's a very different conversation than when I speak to my Lebanese family, et cetera. And amongst amongst us over here, now we're starting to have a lot of people talk about it, et cetera. Actually, my therapist is what was recommended to me by a client, right? So it's becoming more and more prevalent, I think, in a startup community. But generally, our culture does not talk about feeling, does not talk about emotion, does not talk about anxiety, does not talk about any of these things that we're discussing. 
And, you know, I just want to bring it back to culture. How does MammalPay as an organization um, kind of put mental health at the forefront from a cultural standpoint, right? How do you, or how would you like to, if you're not doing it already, because I don't know if it's one of those immediate priorities in the organization, but mental health, um, and the reason I wanted to pick my words carefully was every single organization that I left, left, whether my own startups in Canada or startups I was a part of here, every single one that I left is because mentally I couldn't do it anymore. Not physically, not because I had peaked, not because I didn't think there was any more opportunity. I left because mentally I couldn't do it. It pushed me. I put myself in situations where I evolved into a position in organizations where mentally I couldn't do it. It just the burden of the weight of the anxiety of the stress was just too much. And enough was enough, and I wasn't able to kind of manage it anymore. Whereas today, I think I can manage a lot more. How do you guys build kind of a culture where that doesn't happen in your mind? How do you kind of give that safe space? How do you... And the reason I ask is because... And the reason it's a bit complex is because the, the culture in the region over here doesn't have that. You're going to have to teach that. It's not about attracting people who have that conscious dedication to... A, good mental health it's how do you as an organization integrate in your mind mental health awareness education support development in your culture as as a kind of superficial activity on our internal um documentation site called guru we have an entire section on on mental health okay and within that there's these awesome meditations um, that are there for the team that they can dip into and, and use. Um, and the idea about that is to bring it to the surface and to talk about it, um, to be open about it, and to be vulnerable about it, right? Um, at the end of the day, you may be an employee, but ultimately you're human. There's a life outside of work that is happening, right? Um, and that's really important to identify with each and every one of us. Obviously the buck stops with us, so there's a lot of more accountability with us on how we show up in the office and our attitude or reaction as you frame it, um, which needs to be, um, we need to be a lot more astute as founders with our attitude and our um, behaviors and what we're doing and what we're saying, choice of words more so than anyone else, um, because that trickles down into the uh, employees. And I'm sure you're having this experience right now with your kid, Chris, where it's less about what you say, but what you're doing that is being um, kind of how the kid is being educated, you know? And I think that is really, really important. Um, so uh, openness through vulnerability and showing vulnerability, like me and Imad saying, we don't know what to do here, or what do you think we should do? Or when we make a mistake, saying, shit, we made a mistake, let's um, rectify it. Or saying, guys, I'm not being heard here. I need, I need, I need space to be heard here. You know, and and making your point as well, and I think that trickles through uh, to the team as well, um, and I think that's manifested also as a byproduct. Mental health has manifested as a byproduct of really um, placing intention and attention to um, culture and how important that is as well, um, and then of course providing physical safety as well, um, i.e. the work environment and, and people showing up there as well and how we interact and how we behave, how we talk with each other. It's always in a loving and, and kind way. There's no yelling or screaming or profanities um, inside the office. Not because we deliberately choose not to do that, but it's just become part of the culture as well. And I think the byproduct, at least on a subconscious level, is um, mental safety 
and its other company. Do you think organizations should invest in providing those resources, mental health resources, to to its staff? Uh, I mean, if if you recall back at back at Google, they definitely did invest. We had like a, I forgot what it was called, but there's a you can there's a service that's part of your general perks where you can call a hotline or get advice from a from a advisor or a therapist or something like that. Um, so I, I definitely do think organizations should do that. I would I would say that the smaller you are, the more it can be a responsibility absorbed at the leadership level. Um, like simple examples, you mentioned it earlier, where reality is perception, right? If you wake up in the morning and you're bummed out by something you've been thinking about yesterday, you're probably not going to have the most productive, efficient day, and you're not going to feel good about just the way things are going, right? If you apply that to whenever you have a conversation slash debate slash argument with a colleague, if you, if you take yourself out of the situation, put yourself in their shoes, analyze the situation objectively, that's going to give you probably a fresh look into what the dynamic is with that conversation. And then you can detach from your emotions, which typically drive us. And, you know, when you're pissed off, you're going to react most of the time, right? But taking a moment to pause, breathe, you know, again, as cliche as it sounds, taking a moment to breathe and pause and, and understand that this is just a situation and this too shall pass. And then based on that knowledge, how do you then how do you then react? So these types of concrete examples happen all the time on a daily basis across the team. And at a small size where you're a very closely knit, tightly knit team, um, I think it's okay that we help each other out with the knowledge that we've all accumulated over time. I've learned a lot from Asim on this stuff. Um, everything on meditation to 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 patience. We have the same. Uh, we have the, we had the same problem. It's in our blood, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, all of this stuff comes from the way we interact with each other. I was going to say it's kind of like a, I have a slightly different perspective on, and, and I think it's like a risk, in the sense of, and bear with me while I try to break this down. Culture and values, like when organizations try to introduce values and they don't really understand kind of why culture is so important or why values are so important or they haven't taken the time they tend to misrepresent what values are and aren't really kind of true to them so it's almost misleading mental health has obviously become such a big thing in the workplace particularly over the last couple of years but without the right training or without the right leadership or guidance from experts or people within the field the bucket of mental health almost becomes too broad and almost too sanitized. So back in the day, mental health was like really bucketed for serious issues. Whereas I think a lot of what you guys are talking about was really about mental fitness. So we do physical fitness. And what we're talking about here is mental fitness. And then what does that fitness include? I think practices within the workplace, you know, being able to openly talk, collaborate, have these conversations, openly listen. These are all like practices around mental fitness to prevent mental health problems right and i think kind of the way that i try to think about it and try to like, almost understand it as we like what it is that we're trying to do as leaders founders within organizations is we're trying to prevent our teams having mental health issues by supporting them through mental fitness exercises in a very like stressful work continuous like pressured environment so I, I don't know if you guys have a perspective on that or if it's just like a curveball point I, of view. I, I completely agree. The only thing I would say, just for the basis of the challenge, I think the reason we're saying that is because mental health has such a negative stigma. 
Totally. Yeah. Right. And and so like like if physical health had a negative stigma, yeah. then you know what I mean. But I think just because of the positioning of mental health over generations has been generally that yeah. this person's lost their marbles. You know, um, that's how it's generally been positioned. Is why you're saying what you're saying, right? And and I think that's the challenge. And I think yes, maybe language and positioning and stuff like that could help in the kind of kind of growth of this of this of this topic and 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 focus of this topic. I just think that I agree with you, but I agree with you only because there's a negative stigma against the word mental health. Yeah. And right? it, and it's and it's also the like the reason I'm positioning it that way is like with values in an organization, when leadership that doesn't really understand the importance of values or the roles values play, when they implement that, it can almost misguide and diminish the importance of culture in those organizations. Yeah. Like the same way leaders that don't necessarily haven't invested either in, you know, kind of anything themselves from a mental health perspective could mislead and misrepresent what that could be to an extent. Exactly. And, and that's why the importance when I think about it is like education. So as, as organizations, as leaders, what is the role that we play when it comes to education? And as an organization, how do we invest in bringing in experts to support and build those programs um, within, 100%. you know, and, and ultimately, like we're kind of hovering around this topic, which is it's how you frame it. If you're framing it as something that's, oh, it's a taboo, you can't talk about it. Or are you framing it as a way to train yourself to be a better human being, right? You go to the gym, you, you do martial arts classes. Why can't you train your mind and, 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 and mindset, right? Um, there's an amazing book I'd recommend called Search Inside Yourself, written by a Google engineer on meditation. Compare that to a book like The Secret. It's talking about the same topic, but the way they frame it is totally different. And if you want to convince a pragmatic, logical person on, on the benefits and value of meditation and breathing and whatnot, you would go the search inside yourself route. So how you frame and communicate the benefits and why you're doing something, just as was with building product, why are we building product? Why are we going doing meditation? Why are we going to the gym? It's really important to ask why. Totally agree. Guys, this has been a deeper conversation than I expected. I really appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate the openness. I appreciate the time. Um, thank you very, very much for making it. And uh, I hope to have this conversation with you guys 12 months from now. And I hope that your mental health or fitness sustains. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks, awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Cheers. Thank you.